Welcome in to Season 1 preview episode for the Picune Maroon Tide. And Week 1 is going to have the Brandon Bulldogs in store. And Slick, you got a chance earlier this week as we're recording this on a Tuesday night. So earlier this week, you got a chance to sit down and have an interview with Coach Sam Williams, about 20, 21 minutes in that interview. Uh, great job by you, and I think our listeners will appreciate hearing from Coach Williams. He's a great young coach. The Brandon Bulldogs have played for back-to-back state championships at the highest level, highest classification in Mississippi. Some some highlights or some things that your listeners uh, can look forward to in this interview. I mean, Clay, I think you said it. I mean, he's young. He's going into his seventh year as a head coach and uh, played at Mississippi State. So he knows what good looks like. He's been around good talent. And I know he jokes around about, you know, he was a receiver, but didn't really play a lot of receiver. But going to the SEC is a big deal. So he's a young coach who's had a lot of success early on in his career. Well, let's listen to that interview. And then on the other side of it, we'll break down the Brandon Bulldogs. It feels good to buy local. Whether you're supporting your community's small businesses, family-owned restaurants, or Farm Bureau Insurance, the local agents at Farm Bureau Insurance are dedicated to always helping you protect what's important. Farm Bureau Insurance is headquartered right here in Mississippi with local agents in your community. If you're shopping for car, home, or life insurance in the Popperville area, call Kate Amaker at 601-795-4585. Or if you're in the Picayune Carrier area, call Robert Hester, Lane Kazan, or me, Ross Gilbo, at 601-798-2861. And go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau Casualty, Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. Joining me today is athletic director and head football coach of the Brandon Bulldogs, Coach Sam Williams, uh, entering his third season at the helm of the Bulldogs football team. Coach, thanks again for carving out some time to chat today, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you having me, man. Well, coach, I'll ask you to kind of go backwards a little bit just to, to talk through your journey uh, that led you to Brandon High School. Um, start with your time as a Mississippi State wide receiver. I know you caught passes from – another Mississippi product in uh, Tyler Russell, and then just your journey as a head coach, some of the stops along the way. I know you spent some time, a uh, very successful um, tenure there at Pelahatchie and also at Ridgeland. So just talk a little bit about kind of your journey. Yeah, um, pretty, pretty, uh, you know, unspectacular college career, as I like to joke about. But, you know, really was more of a team guy. Did played a lot of special teams, played a little bit of wide out here and there. Uh, played with some great players, um, tried to play my role, uh, you know, being a glue guy, field, a weight room guy, off-season guy, and then doing everything I could in the season to contribute. So it was, it was a great couple of years playing under Dan Bowling, playing with a lot of a lot of guys that I'm still good friends now uh, with now, two of them that I still play with, um, and really kind of propelled me into coaching. Uh, you know, started off volunteering at Stalwell High School under Jamie Mitchell uh, for, for uh probably about seven or eight months and really learned a lot from him. He, he probably gave me a lot more responsibilities than he should have, but I always tried to do the best job I could with what I was given. Um, went home to Northwest Rankin uh, for four years. It was did football, soccer, and track before I had kids. I was crazy coaching me around, never stopped, never took a day off. Um, was always blowing and going, but knew that you know, football was my passion. Being an AD was my passion. And so I've been able to do that the last six years, uh, three of which at Pelahatchie. Uh, one at Ridgeland, and then the last two at uh, at Brandon. Uh, but you know, I, I mean, we ain't got enough time for me to talk about you know how awesome those years the people had you were, or 
you know, how much I enjoyed my time at Ridgeland. Uh, but I've been, you know, fortunate to coach some really good players, man, uh, to coach with some really great guys. Um, and to find a way to get kids to, to buy into the system uh, that we run, uh, the program that we implement, um, and, and it's it's really led to you know great success uh, pretty much every place that I've been, and uh, you know I'm, I'm forever indebted to the guys that I work with and the, and the kids that I get to coach, and I just hope that I'm giving back to them a piece of what they you know they give to me every single day. Well, coach, uh, I know that just from everything that I've heard about you at Brandon, um, everyone speaks really high, highly of you. And I would assume you had to win over some of the coaches too. There were some pretty tenured guys that were there uh, that you had to kind of win over along with the players coming into your role at Brandon. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm still a young guy and that was kind of, you know, every stop I've had, I stopped, got my first head coaching job at 24. So, I mean, I've, I've really uh, been the young guy on staff a lot of times, even when I was the guy that was, you know, quote unquote in power, but the way that, you know, I run a program is we run it together. You know what I mean? It's, and that's kind of how I approach every day. It's not a, not a dictatorship. It's not me shouting the words. I mean, we're all doing the work together. You know what I mean? We're, uh, at the end of the day, if it's negative, you know, they're going to come at me. If it's positive, I'm going to get the credit, but I always try to deflect that back to the guys that work for me. And uh, I was fortunate to have some friends on staff prior to that, some relationships from my time in Rankin County, uh, not just as a player. Uh, playing in Northwest Rankin, but also coaching in Northwest Rankin and knowing some of these guys, so uh, that that helped that helped that transition go a little quicker. Just kind of having some of those pre-established relationships. Yeah, and I read that seventy-five people applied for that Brandon opening three years ago, and uh, boy, that's a lot. But it's really it's not that surprising when you consider a program like Brandon and kind of being down here in South Mississippi. Um, what we think of a Brandon program just really setting the standard for developing players. You know, I, we got a lot of Saints fans in this area that I live in. And, you know, most of them don't realize that all-pro linebacker DeMario Davis, he prepped at, um, at Brandon High School. Garner Minshew, you know, the Minshew Mania that went through a few years back. And, and most recently, uh, Jonathan Mingo taking 39th overall to the Carolina Panthers. And, of course, the success that Will Rogers uh, has had at Mississippi State. And, and I believe he's – He's poised to not just break some state records, but even some SEC records in terms of passing. So when you think about the area, it's big by Mississippi standards, population-wise, but looking at it from the broader lens, it's a small place, but, man, it puts out some talent. Yeah, it does. It's a great place, man. It's a, Brandon's a place like, you know, nowhere I've ever been. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of got that small school feel, uh, that small town feel. And, you know, a testament to that is how many people that you see that, you know, grow up here, they live here, they go off to school, they come back, they work here, and they try to change this place, they try to make it better. But more than anything for us, the school is, is people that, that leave and come back and want to pour back in and want to invest into the school that grew them up. And, you know, that's what you see a lot. You see a lot of Brandon kids, uh, you know, grow up and become successful, like the, like the three you've mentioned and Will. Um, and, you know, we've got many more that I think will, you know, go along that same path. But, yeah, it's just a pipeline for, for really good players, and it's really set up uh, from an athletic department standpoint and from a football standpoint for these kids to be successful. Yeah, it, it's awesome to see, um, you know, not just as a, as a Mississippi guy, but someone who follows Mississippi athletics to see guys put the state of Mississippi on the map. I think we got a lot of good talent in the state, and um, it's nice to see those guys be able to not just go play college football, but even go – on to the next level of play in the NFL. But coach, looking back, your, your first two seasons at Brandon, um, you've been off to a great start. A lot of success in a, in a division 
that's just loaded with talent. You know, we think about those the now seven A division and and those big schools and how successful they've been. Going twenty three and five back to back South State title games in your first two seasons and coming up a little bit short in the state championship games for your senior class that's that's now coming into uh, this new season. How much has kind of that leaving, you know, ending the season on a with a bad taste in your mouth? How's that fuel their off season conditioning and just their overall approach to the upcoming season? Yeah, I think it fuels them. You know, what I mean, but. I think it would be kind of lazy to, you know, just harp on that and talk about it all the time, right? You know, every team is new. Uh, every team that you, that you, you know, I always tell them you're birthing a new team in January when the new year turns over and the seniors walk out the door. Um, but that experience that we gained the last two years is really going to help us. But, you know, we got to two uh, state championships by taking the approach that we take as a, as a football team, you know, taking a day-by-day approach, taking a week-by-week approach. Uh, putting together good game plans, putting together good weeks of practice, uh, conducting ourselves the right way off the field. All the things that, you know, we talk about and we believe in, I think is what got us there. And so, you know, as we show up this, this year and as we, as we get rolling, as we play a great picking team week one, it's, it's all about that same mentality and approach. Just show up every week, do your job, uh, give it all you got. And, you know, if, if somebody's down, the, the brothers got to pick them up and got to rise to the occasion. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think that those championships will come organically uh, whenever you continue to, you know, progress as a program. You know, we're getting there, and I, I, I truly believe, you know, you, you see a lot of programs. There's not just a whole lot of programs that play for state championships, right? Um, so you, getting there is the special part. You know, I think that, that, that once you get there and once your kids have that success, once they do it one time, I think that we'll have multiple championships. We just got to find a way to finish. Uh, once we get there and that's you know that's the goal this year is just make sure uh, we're putting ourselves back in that position uh, to go on a playoff run uh, do the best we can to stay healthy and then when we get that opportunity again uh, go out there and finish the job off yeah and, and coach really kind of stayed on that that same subject there of just the approach to the season look it's hot in south mississippi this time of year we know that but the heat has just been a big time factor uh, more than in, in recent years and can you speak a little bit to just some of the challenges of uh, schedule changes and things like that um, as, as we now are being really closely watched um, with yeah. what heat we get out into? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's been great, you know, that the, that the MHSA has kind of given us some, some guidelines to follow and the SMAC committee. It, it really, honestly, has helped out a lot as opposed to just having, you know, uh, suggestions. So now, you know, you've, you've got some mandates that you have to follow and, you know, I, I talking to Coach Steiner, I think he kind of took the same approach I did. You know, you want to make sure that you're preparing your kids. You've got contact prep that you got to get in. you got to get your heat acclimatization. Uh, you got to make sure that you're doing all these things, staying under the the, uh, the wet bowl temperature. So we just decided and opted to go in the morning. Uh, we practiced every time that we needed to practice. You know, uh, we've gotten all of our, all of our preparation days in. Uh, and I feel like our kids are in a great place. I think a lot of positives have come out of practicing in the morning at 550. Uh, get it in before school and then get some more mental time in the afternoon. Yeah, and it's, we, I know we got word today that um, the kickoff is going to be pushed back from 7 p.m. to now 8 p.m., which uh, we were kind of waiting for that. I think we were expecting there to be a, a change there with it. Yeah. I think it's projected to be somewhere around 103 at 7 p.m. in Brandon, so uh, definitely going to be hot on Friday night. Coach, I'll turn to just the offensive side uh, for a minute. you got six starters returning. Of course, led by uh, quarterback Landon Barnes, who's a guy who 
boy, he looked good. Put up big numbers in the spring game. He looked good in the Jamboree game last week. Uh, over 3,000 yards passing from a year ago, 26 touchdowns. One of those kids, Coach, who by all factors that you look at should be considered one of the top quarterbacks in the state. Seems to be maybe going under the radar a little bit, but he's a really good one. And running back Nate Blunt, 2,000-yard uh, rusher coming back, big, strong kid, looks great in his pads. I actually just to kind of speak on both of these kids and, and really what your expectations are for them coming into the, uh, their senior years. Yeah, I mean, uh, both of those kids are two kids that started from the first time they got here. First game I played as sophomores, uh, you know, they've been captains, uh, they're leaders, and, you know, they've, they've progressed as young men and they've progressed as football players. When you look at Landon, I think he's thrown in the last two, you know, six quarters we played between the scrimmage game and the fight in this, uh, spring game. I think he's thrown four incompletions. Uh, he's just a kid that really understands what we're trying to do offensively. Um, he's learned to play within himself. He's kind of got, he's kind of got that Brett Fuller gunslinger mentality. Um, that, that, I know that's a South Mississippi name there, but he's got that, he's got that Brett Fuller gunslinger mentality. He, you know, he likes to take a lot of chances. He likes to throw the ball deep. Um, but within what we do, he knows he's got a lot of great players around him and he doesn't have to put it all on his back. You know, he can distribute the ball. He can let it work. I think, uh, 13 guys called balls. Uh, last week, or called to run the ground with the ball, so 13 guys had skill touches. And then, uh, I mean, it, uh, you know, as far as being under the radar, I think that's just it, it all goes back to size because it's not on talent, it's not ability to play the quarterback position. He's, he's, he's one of the best ones in the state. Then you got Nate, who's, you know, been, you know, nothing short of amazing at times. I mean, we've, we've had some games where, you know, that Joker's just put the team on his back and, and, and ran. And, uh, you know, we'll do a good job early in the year of, of, of managing his load like we have the past couple of years and uh, making sure that he's not taking too many of those uh, between the tackles touches and, and when it cools off and it gets really unfun to tackle a 220-pound running back wheel and that ball that joker as many times as he wants it. Um, but he's a special back. He's added a lot to his game uh, from the time he was a sophomore. He's, he's trimmed down about 15 to 20 pounds from the time he was a sophomore catches the ball like a receiver out of the backfield and I think he's one of the better power backs that uh, we've seen in the state in a while. So He's a good one, Coach. I know you mentioned in an interview several months back uh, really starting of the just the, the, the summer preparation that uh, you wanted your team to have tempo and also be physical and boy, it sure does look like when you flip the tape on that, that Varnes sets that tempo and you got Nate Blunt to come in and be that, that physical presence, which is something you don't see a lot from a team that's pass heavy, we, we, we use that word finesse, but that's definitely not the case with your offense from what we can see on film. Yeah, no, I mean, we're we're one of those teams that, you know, our, and, and it's kind of our mantra and kind of our deal is, you know, we're going to do whatever, you know, the game calls of us, and we're not going to, you know, we're not going to go out there and bang our head up against the wall if we can't run it, we'll throw it. If, you know, if they're taking the pass away, we've got plenty of guys that can, you know, move the ball from behind the offensive line, and we've got, we're good up front, but, uh, you know, playing with pace, you know, the up-tempo, it's it's something that people have a lot of trouble preparing for. Cause it's really hard to simulate. Uh, and specifically early in the year, you know, we've got a lot of depth. We've got a lot of guys that can rotate. And I think it just helps us out uh, breaking the teams down uh, as the game wears on. And, you know, that's, that's kind of what, uh, if you go back and watch some of the biggest games we played over the last two years, it just looks like our guys are a little fresher at the end of the opponent, you know. Friday night, I think that's going to be a big test. Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting. It's contrasting styles, you know what I mean? It's a 
it's a team that, you know, picking you that's going to slow the ball down a little bit. They're going to really come at us and pound us uh, a lot like West Point did last week. And then we're going to see how long we can make uh, everybody stay in the stadium through the night. If we play till 12, that's fine with me. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm with you, Coach. It, it's, it's going to be a good one. And I guess moving to the defensive side of the ball, five starters returning, uh, senior Jaden Callender, boy, he shows up. Uh, play defensive end, if I'm not mistaken, get a move back to the linebacker That's position. Correct. And Sean Pickering on the other end, two seniors. Those two guys combined for 200 tackles, uh, 30 tackles for a loss. And then sophomore Preston Ashley, he's a kid who has really uh, got the eye of a lot of coaches now, played a lot for your team. And to come in and play any snaps as a freshman on a branded program is saying a lot. But, boy, he really st- uh, sticks out when you when you flip the film on and – this defense has just got a lot of speed, Coach. They they fly to the football, really hustle. Um, just been been really impressed with what we've seen from that defense. Yeah, the, you, know, you named those three those three guys returning, and then Jonathan Crane at one corner, and then Khalil Norwood an inside linebacker. And you know, it's probably one of the faster bunches that I've coached. Um, Jaden Calder kind of sets the tone. I got two long physical corners on the outside. Uh, Preston running the alleys from safety. And uh, it's kind of a by-committee approach in the, on the D-line. You know, we don't have – past two years, we've had one guy that's super dominant. And, uh, you know, we've kind of fed off of that one guy. We had DeAndre Washington last year and Sean Shepard the year before. They're both playing East Mississippi. Uh, but this year, there's, there is not that dominant defensive lineman. We have some good ones. Uh, but we're going to rotate about eight or nine guys up front and, uh, you know, hope to keep them fresh, hope to keep them staying low, playing hard. Um, and keeping them off those guys that are running behind them that are that are really, like you just said, that are really athletic and can run and hit. And, Coach, you mentioned a couple of those guys that have, that have moved on uh, inked, uh, to play on the next level. Uh, six total kids from last year's team are, are going to be doing that, which is, is typical for a Brandon program, putting guys out on the next level. I ask you just uh, to speak to any kids who maybe have, have – jumped out as, as filling some of those gaps. We know, look, it's high school football. Kids are going to graduate, and there's always going to be question marks and, and holes that need to be filled. But is there any kids that have really stepped up and kind of answering some of those questions and filling some of those voids? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, offensively, we kind of had a couple positions we had to get. You know, Lester Miller, number two, was kind of our deep ball guy last year. Um, Quincy Phillips caught 75 balls. He's probably – uh, the best player I haven't mentioned yet in the podcast. You know, I think that he's a guy that I've really, you know, been impressed with and how dynamic he is. And I look for him to play really well Friday night and play really well all year. And then Jay McQueen was our backup quarterback last year. He's going to be a uh, possible D1 guy in baseball and football, but he's a big 6'3 wide out that, you know, can really uh, high point the ball and is good in one on one situations. So excited to see how he plays. I uh, got Kate Shivers on the offensive line to kind of replace Luke Rogers, who's now playing in Southern Miss, playing center there. Uh, he moved in from uh, Briarcrest in Tennessee. Uh, really good player. Uh, you know, going to have a chance to play some lower level Division One ball or be a be a really good JUCO player uh, next year. And then defensively, like I said, it's 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 a number of young guys that are that we're breaking in. They're stepping up, but. You know, Preston Ashley coming into a bigger role. Jonathan Crane and Jabir Rollins at corner, uh, really doing a good job of shutting that part of it down. And then, uh, as we as we as we kind of turn the keys over to Jaden Callender at middle linebacker, I mean, I think that's what we've got to see. You know, he's a great player at the end. Uh, you know, Friday night he's going to be sitting right in the middle, and he's got to run sideline to sideline and, and hit those ball carriers and make sure that his eyes are really good. So. Uh, it, it's it's a number of guys that we've got to that we've got to grow up fast, and I think that we we 
we had the right schedule to do that. Coach, lastly, I'll, I'll ask you about the opponent. You mentioned uh, the Maroon Tide already uh, throughout this, this podcast. And last time these two teams played, uh, 2004, so it's been been quite some time yeah. since we played. Uh, Brandon took that contest 6-3. to three. It was a defensive juggernaut of a game. So I ask your just additional thoughts on the Maroon Tide and kind of anything that, that jumps out when you put the film in and look at your opponent. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was great for us last week to play West Point. I think West Point picking you year in, year out. If you talk to people, they're two of the more physical teams in the state. And, you know, people that watch us play, I think they know that's kind of how we play too. Like you said earlier, I mean, I think when we people see us go fast, they think it's kind of a finesse deal. But, I mean, we're I think we're a really physical ball club for a 7-8 bunch. So, uh, it's going to be a really fun game. Um, and a lot of talent on picking inside. Um, you know, I think when you when you look at you know games like this, and I play, I've coached uh, in what is now six A football, I've coached two A football. A lot of times, you know, you you go out there and you wonder how much depth is going to play a uh, play a factor early in the year with this heat. You know, like I said, I know that uh, Picayune has some phenomenal guys, but uh, you know, does does the pace take a toll on them? Uh, do they do a good job of staying on the field? Uh, and, and running the football on us and Nicklin and Dominus all the way down, which is what they, I mean, again, they, they y'all, y'all are fantastic at that. Um, so a lot of respect for, for Coach Steiner, uh, and Coach Lee before that and what they built at Picayune and the program. I um, mean, you can just tell those kids, uh, conduct themselves the right way, that they're super well coached and they've won 26. It's like I told our kids this morning, they've won, y'all won 26 games in a row for a reason. Uh, it's a great football team. It's a football team that, uh, we understand it's dangerous, and you know I'm excited about it, man. These are the kind of games I love to coach in. Uh, this is the kind of games that uh, makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up when you're doing the national anthem. You know you're going to go to war with a with a really good ball club and a really good coaching staff, and uh, you just hope that you prepare your kids enough to go out and get the win. Yeah, coach, it's it's one of those games. It, it does, it's not going to matter uh, at the end of the day, um, scheduling wise. It's not going to matter for the seedings for playoffs, but. About as uh, highly anticipated of a, of a non-conference uh, game as you can play. And I was telling my buddy Clay, I said, man, I think ESPN missed a, a good chance to cover this one. So we're uh, uh, looking forward to coming out, man. Beautiful stadium. Uh, I think our fans will, will, will travel and also enjoy the atmosphere. And well, we're looking for a good game come uh, 8 p.m. on Friday night. And, Coach, I want to thank you again. I know you got a very busy schedule and other things that you're trying to do now. But thanks for carving out some time again for us. And, we appreciate it. Um, good luck on Friday night, man. We, we look forward to seeing you and uh, just seeing a great game. Yeah, well, I appreciate y'all having me. Y'all get up early, and uh, I'll pick you fans. Come eat some, some good grub in the 04, too. We got a lot of great restaurants around the stadium that will welcome y'all with open arms before you head on over to the stadium. We appreciate that hospitality, Coach. Thank you. The Labor and Delivery Unit at Highland Community Hospital is proud to welcome new babies and support growing families in our community. Our qualified, caring staff, along with state-of-the-art technology, make Highland Community Hospital a wonderful place to welcome your new baby. So call 601-358-9422 to schedule your appointment today or visit highlandch.com forward slash here for you. Healthy pets, happy people, exceptional medicine, compassionate care. That's our motto at the Animal Health Clinic in Picayune. Located at 500 Kelly Road, we are equipped with the latest veterinary technology and provide a full menu of animal health services, including after-hours emergencies. 
Dr. Alan Smith invites you to join our clinic family by checking out our website at ahcpicayune.com or calling us at 601-799-1300. Ready for faster internet and better service? Of course you are. And that's exactly what you'll get with Coast Connect. Coast Connect gives you blazing speed for faster downloads, streaming video, gaming, or working from home. And it's backed by top shelf service from local people you know and trust. Why wait? Get the speed you need with the service you deserve. Sign up today at coastconnect.com. Coast Connect, powered by Coast Electric. All right, once again, great interview there by Ricky Whitaker with Coach Sam Williams. And, Slick, let's look at what Brandon comes in with some of their um, gaudy rankings that they're going to bring into this ball game and what people really are expecting out of Brandon. Obviously, they bring back enough people from competing for a state championship a year ago. So what are some of the preseason uh, rankings and predictions for this club? Well, Brandon's going to come in at uh, number two in the state and number two in 7A, so really looked at as being the, the second-best team in 7A. And previous two seasons um, under Coach Williams have been great. You know, they, they're averaging 11.5 wins per year, two consecutive district titles, and in back-to-back -back South State titles. Their offense, too, Clay, that's coming back, averaged 36 points per game. Defense only gave up 21 and they've been aligned this year to Region 3-7A. So they were 6A last year. We were 5. We've moved up to 6. We've talked about that already. They moved up to 3-7A. So they'll be playing opponents like Madison Central, Warren Central, Oak Grove, Pearl, and Northwest Rankin. And their nine district opponents are going to be Picayune, Clinton, Gulfport, Petal, and Meridian. So a pretty strong non-conference schedule as well. Yeah, so interesting to see how that uh, lays out. When you look at it, 36 points per game a pretty good number offensively, of course. What, what, when you see them on film, what do they like to do? What are some of their trademarks offensively? Well, Clay, Coach Williams said it best. You know, they're a, they're a team that likes to throw the football. Um, they're a tempo team, but they're also physical. We think about teams that throw the football. We use that term finesse. Coach uh, Williams and I talked about that. They're, they don't want to be viewed as a finesse team at all, and it really starts with their big running back, uh, Mr. Nate Blunt. He's a big kid, Clay, um, very similar to like a Dante Dawdell, about 220 pounds, and he's, been, he's got a lot, of, a lot of miles on them legs too. He's been running the ball for them since he was a sophomore. Coming back off of 2,000 yards and 26 touchdowns, he's going to be a really big part of their offense. When you look at some key losses from that offense a year ago, I think that's a good place to kind of maybe start. Um, when you look at a first game of the year, some big gaps that they're trying to fill. You and Coach Williams touched on that a bit, but can you give our listeners some more uh, facts and stats on guys from a year ago that are no longer with this Brandon program? Well, Clay, on the offensive side of the football, um, and really everyone that we're going to name offense and defensively, these guys have not just left the program, but they've gone on to play on the next level. So big losses. But offensively, I think it's none bigger than wide receiver Lester Miller. He was a big 6'1 kid, 66 receptions, 1,484 yards, and 16 touchdowns a year ago. And, Clay, he accounted for about 50% of their quarterback's production. So he's going to be a big miss. So I think that's one of the things that Brandon's going to be looking for is who's going to be that deep threat, the guy that can blow the top off the defense, keep the defense honest, prevent you from really loading up the box and, and trying to just take away big Nate Blunt. And then they're tied in, Clay, DeCorey Buchanan. He's a kid, when you flip the film on and look at him from a year ago, 
his act, his his textbook blocking is something I just really stuck out. I mean, it's about as good as you can see. He was also versatile. He caught some passes, but they would use him some on the goal line. They would you know use that tight end around and pitch it out to him. So he was a great versatile player. And then two of their offensive linemen, Stingley and Anderson from a year ago. So when you mix in DeCorier Buchanan, their tight end, who was also a Mississippi-Alabama all-star guy, you've got three interior linemen that are going to have to be replaced. And that's always big shoes to fill. And we heard in the interview the McQueen kid, I think he talked about him being a dual uh, sport guy. And then Phillips, a guy we've gotten pretty familiar with on the old huddle machine, he jumps out, right, and had a nice game a week ago in the Jamboree. Those are going to be some weapons that the talent at Varnes goes to. Varnes is known, I guess, around the Brandon circle as kind of a gym rat, a guy that uh, hangs around the football facilities. I guess he's got a chance to see pretty uh, two pretty good ones come through uh, Brandon in the last few years. And so I like what I see from Varnes on tape. He really looks composed. He finds uh, the open guy. He doesn't throw you into a lot of bad uh, mistakes or plays. What do you see from Varnes, the quarterback there for Brandon? He's in control of the offense, Clay, and, and a 5'11 guy, about 175 pounds, probably plays with a little bit of chip on his shoulder because, as you mentioned, he's got some big-name quarterbacks that have gone on before him that, that carry that, that Brandon name. He's not really getting discussed in that category like those guys were. So I know that that drives him a little bit, probably gets him into the gym and working a little bit harder each day. But over 3,000 yards last year, 26 touchdowns, very, very efficient. He throws a good ball. Uh, We saw last week in the game against West Point, him under pressure, being able to spin out, hit an open receiver. He's really good under pressure as well. So he's a composed guy, and he's also very accurate. Yeah, he's been uh, fun to watch. It's been fun uh, to slip in and actually see our lefty uh, run some of that Brandon offense when I'm able to slip by and see what Picune's trying to duplicate and run uh, what we call, you know, the dummy O, your opponent's O, and our own Brady Robertson's look pretty good running that offense at times. Let's flip it over defensively for Brandon. We'll start with what they've lost, and then we'll talk about what they have returning. So it really starts with their linebacker, Clay, uh, Mr. Desart Bell. 156 tackles a year ago, another one of those kids who's playing on the next level. That's a lot of production to, to lose at that linebacker position. And a guy that flashes to me, Clay, from last year's film is their nose guard, DeAndre Washington. That kid was disruptive. It's the only thing you can say about him. Had a motor, made plays he wasn't supposed to play, drew a lot of double teams. And anytime you draw double teams, you're opening up a whole lot more for your defensive players around you. Yeah, he, he kind of reminds you, I don't I believe this kid was this size, but the kid from last year from Gaucher, who was a really good player, Washington was bigger than him, but uh, similar type plays. And then to give Picune fans a reference point to Bell in those 156 tackles, that's a Marion Tyson type yeah. uh, tackles. And so um, to replace those two big defenders, you've got to have some guys returning to fill those gaps. And Brandon certainly has that, right, Slick? They, they do, Clay, and it's going to be a little bit different because their other leading tackler from a year ago, defensive end Jaden Callender, he's listed. He was an all-state guy as a defensive end, but he's moving to inside linebacker, and I think he's going to do great there. But anytime you make a position change on defense, you know, even if you move from a strong side linebacker to a weak side linebacker, your reads are different. Your mentality is a little bit different. Your backside coverage is a little bit different. So to move from a lineman position and move back to linebacker, 
you, it takes time to develop those instincts. It takes, you know, the three years that Amarion's played to kind of see the game slow down a little bit. He's a great kid. He's a great talent. He's going to play on the next level. But it's going to be interesting to see how long it takes him to really get in the groove of that linebacker position. His other guy uh, coming back, the other guy on the other side of the defensive end position, Sean Pickering, 50 tackles from a year ago, six tackles for loss. And, Clay, Jaden Keller had 155 tackles and 23 tackles for loss at that DN position. Um, that's kind of numbers like Monte uh, yep. on, on his oh, end. So yep. to move back and play linebacker and Sean Pickering playing the weak side, he's going to move over to that strong side defensive end. So it's going to be a little bit of a change for him too. But their secondary, I think, is going to really be their anchor. Jonathan Crane comes back, 66 tackles last year, and a freshman. It's always impressive for a freshman that can move up, move up and play varsity football. But, man, to play on a program like Brandon as a freshman, a kid named Preston Ashley who had 15 tackles in the state championship game alone, he's going to be counted on to come in and be a leader. He'll be the guy that will be locked, locked in on your primary receiver on an island, and they're going to be asking a lot of, out of their secondary this year. And if you don't believe slick about Preston Ashley, you can believe the Florida State coaching staff garnered – a offer as a freshman to Florida State. And so he's got uh, some pedigree from his dad and his uncle. Um, and I believe one was a pro, one was a high-level Florida State uh, player. And so this young man, as just a freshman, had a Florida State offer. Similar, Darrell Smith showed that he was ready for that. He played a, a lot of snaps in his freshman campaign there at the very end actually played a, a pretty good amount of snaps against West Point. So that's the type of player that if we're doing comparables back and forth, that's the type of guy that you have to expect Preston Ashley to be. It's like we always say it, you know, it's an old term that I like to use when you're looking at a matchup like this, and it's a boxing term that styles make fights. And, boy, this is going to be that type of action. Two heavyweights uh, going to get it on Friday night at 8 p.m. Our coverage will start at 7.30. You can find it uh, through the MixLR app like you did last year, or we'd rather you find it by downloading and getting our own app, the Talking Ball Y'all app slip. I can't wait. I don't know how many minutes we've talked about uh, this game already through uh conversations we recorded a podcast a week ago that was about an hour and 15 minutes where we broke down each individual group for picking each position group I challenge you to go back and find that and listen to it but this should be a lot of fun uh, for all the players coaches involved and then us to get the broadcast is really a dream so I can't wait man it's going to be great clay and really two polar opposite type teams um, but a lot of similarities there you know, uh, Cody's as mentioned to you in his interview, we see it on the kids' shirts, that job's not finished mentality. That's really Brandon's uh, mantra this year, too. That's their battle cry, if you will, going into this season. Back-to-back -back losses, that leaves a bad taste in your mouth in a state championship game, regardless of how well you do in the season. If that's what you end on, that's going to drive the senior class coming back. And very similar to different offenses, right? Picune's going to be run-heavy. Brandon's going to be pass-heavy, but they rely on their offense to control the tempo of the game. We're going to see fast tempo from Brandon. Picune's going to eat that clock up, but they still want to be able to control that. They'll move a little faster at times. They'll slow down some, but they also depend on their defenses. Both teams are going to do that. Picune's defense can play with anyone in the state, Clay, but 
they have to be able to get off the field too. That's going to be very, very important. But both of these defenses are going to set the tempo. They're going to play really fast. And Coach Williams mentioned that. He said this is one of the faster groups that he has, and they, they fly around to the ball. So uh, leaning on their defenses but using their offenses to control the tempo of the game. Yeah, there were some interesting comments inside of that from Coach Williams, which you would expect from a great head coach uh, like that is – maybe a pitch count early or trying to manage the snaps from Blunt and how much a load he's going to tote. He talked about having him ready to go towards the end of the year. So that's something interesting uh, to kind of keep an eye on in the coaching matchup. You've got uh, Coach Williams, who we bragged on here, Cody Stogner, when I did my interview with him uh, yesterday or the day before all these days beginning to run together, going into just his fourth year and Slick, you can correct me, I believe he's only got four losses yeah. to his credit. So he's got two state championships. Um, that's pretty incredible start for Coach Cody Stogner. So it'd be hard to find um, a lot. It's not going to be a long line of better coaching career starts than these two guys that will get to line up uh, their clubs. And then when you look at the size of Brandon as a school, when I was looking at the reclassification numbers, there's about a 500-student difference between the two. 500 students is about the breaking point between 4A and 5A. And so Picune stepping up and really taking on a 7A, but when you put it in perspective, some of those gaps can still be pretty wide between 6A and 7A. But being around our guys, I don't think that's going to have them with any backup in them. I mean, you send out Waller and – and, and Tyson and those guys, it, it may be a little bit more of a challenge, but this hadn't been a group that has backed up from any challenge so far. No, Clay, I think for both of these teams, if you come in timid, this is not for the timid at all. This is going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, and really, you put it into perspective, I mean, we've always played bigger opponents, but when you go up north from about Jackson and up – that's what's considered the big leagues, Clay, of 7A, and that's what Picune's going to step into. So they'll have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Brandon's going to want to defend their home turf, but overall it's going to be a phenomenal game. I hope everyone travels out and watches. Yeah, Don King couldn't have set up a better fight in offseason, could he? <laughs> this right. is going to be a blast. We thank Jeff Lossett. He's sitting over there quiet tonight. He's got a, a drink with a few ice cubes in it that he's banging back and forth in that Yeti cup, and he's keeping us straight tonight, and we appreciate him as the co-founder of the podcast and the producer and co-host on, on most nights. But we thank you for listening. We appreciate our sponsors. And tune in Friday night at 730 to the Picayune Maroon Tide Talking Ball Y'all Media Group.